So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, I got a five-star from ARK Boulder. Yes, awesome content for agents and entrepreneurs. Pat is amazing at his craft, always great guests and insightful comments, albeit new agents and seasoned veterans. There are always some great nuggets here. Five stars every day, Abraham, Rye, Kirov, Home Smart Realty of Colorado. Thank you, Abraham. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest coming today. I got Mr. Caleb Pearson from Charleston, South Carolina, my hometown. And I uh, was introduced to him recently by Mr. Saul Z, who's been on the show and a star of the certified listing agent course we have on uh, Rebus University. He was in town uh, shadowing Caleb and learning about uh, what he's doing because he is some, turning some heads in Charleston. So, all right. So, Caleb, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, Caleb, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so we can get to know you better? Okay. Born and raised in Virginia. Came down, never been to Charleston before until uh, my senior year in college. Came down for spring break. Um, I already had a job lined up in Raleigh and I came down for spring break just to visit a buddy and it took me about three, four days down here during spring break and I called my mom and told her I'm canceling my job in Raleigh and I'm moving to Charleston. So moved down here and got stumbled into real estate and I've been in it for about five years now. Wow. Just like that, huh? That's awesome. So let's look at some nitty gritty. Like, uh, first of all, how old are you? 28. 28 years old. And how many houses did you sell last year? 219 homes. Okay. And what's your team look like? So we've got five inside sales guys. We've got a listing coordinator, closing coordinator. I've got a personal assistant. We've got an operations manager and five agents and okay. myself. That's awesome. So you have an inside salesperson for every agent? Pretty much. I mean, it doesn't necessarily work that way to where they've got assigned inside sales agents, but we've got, yeah, one per Okay, per cool. And where's most of your business coming from? Uh, the majority of it's coming from just outbound dialing. The call center generates about 72% of our business. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And what percentage listings are you versus buyers? We're about 65, 35. So 65% on the list side, 35 on the buy. I, I love that ratio. 
That, that, that is awesome. I wish everybody had that ratio. All right, cool. Well, let's get into some nitty gritty. We talk about ECI, ego commission income. What's your ECI uh, in the last 12 months, would you say? One, about $1.5 million. All right, so $1.5 million. And then what's your net profit? I pay myself 100 in salary, and we netted about 280 last year. Okay, so let's say 380. So that would be about, you know, 22 percent or something like that. So okay, so that's that's improvement. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, you know, but 380 thousand is not not chump change. So that's you know, you look at that number too. You know. So let's talk about this. I want to talk about like prospecting. What does that mean? You got five people. Are they all doing outbound lead generating? Or some of that inbound? Talk to me about that. So all of our ISAs do completely outbound. We just changed it where we've rerouted some of the inbound leads to them as of like last week. So all those numbers are based strictly off of outbound dials. They do about 250 a day per inside sales guy. And then all five of our agents call as well. They get out about 100 dials a day. So we've really got about 10 people outbound dialing every day. 10 people outbound dialing every day. Okay. Who? Who are they outbound dialing? First of all, first question is who are they outbound dialing? Expireds for sale by owners, internet buyer leads, old rental leads, uh, 30, 60, 90 day late on mortgage leads, people that bought in 2012, which was the absolute bottom of the market. So they've got a bunch of equity in their homes. But we try to warm all the leads up before. We don't just put them on a cold dialer and let them cold call through neighborhoods. They're, the leads have some sort of substance to them before they, they get them. Wow. Okay, so I want to I hit those one at a time, get some meat and potatoes here. So, okay, so tell me about old rental leads. So we found that, well, what we do is we go back about eight months and look at homes that have been rented eight months ago and pull that list and then run them for phone numbers and then give them to the ISAs. What we find is a good portion of those people are coming up towards the end of their 12-month lease and then we're working them to the listing period. So we take a lot of listings over the phone that are basically people that own investment properties and we never meet with the client. We basically just coordinate getting the tenant out and getting pictures done and making the transition to have it on the market either right before the tenant moves out, so they're not making extra mortgage payments, or right after the tenant moves out. All right, all right. so, and, and what does the script sound like for that? Um, so we just call and just say, hey, Pat, this is Caleb Pearson with Remax. Do you still own the property at 123 Main Street? Yes. Okay, I see that you rented it out about eight months ago, and I was just following up, I was just calling you to see what your plans are with the house at the end of this lease. You're probably gonna release it. Probably going to rent it back out. Yeah, rent it back out to the same guy, hopefully. Okay. Do you do you obviously, or do you know what the house is worth in today's market? No, I don't know, no. Okay. Well, then we'll roll into trying to get a free market evaluation over to them and try to find out what their target number would be to get them to sell it. A good portion of those guys are surprised at how much the market's appreciated from eight months ago. And, and, and where are you getting these leads from? Uh, we just screen it. We go into MLS and pull all of the rentals that have gone through the MLS. That'll be, let's say, usually we try to look at six to nine months back and pull all of those and then load them in and get phone numbers through Vulcan 7 and then get them out to the uh, – Do you the ever ISA. get any kickback from the agents who, who think that it's a given that they're going to list with them because they rented it for them? 
Oh, all the time. I tell you, the biggest objection is, well, I think in our listing agreement or our lease agreement, it said with the property management company, it says that we have to list with that company. Yeah, it's the main one. And what do you say to that? Uh, it really depends. I mean, obviously, we want to see a copy of the contract, but they can't legally tie them into a binding listing agreement um, once the property once the with the lease agreement. Yeah, and and usually it says that if the tenant that's living in there buys it, that a commission is due. It doesn't say will list with us for sale. You know, it might, it could, but it probably doesn't because then, then you know, then you got all kinds of provisions and stuff that would be in a listing agreement, you know, that you could Correct. not agree with. Correct. I'll tell you, um, and my guys are really good about handling that objection and then convincing the, um, the seller that the property manager specializes in what? Property management. Yeah, right. Now, we specialize in sales. We did 220 sales last year. Who do you think, where do you think our focus is going to be when we take the listing? Mm. Where do you think the property manager's focus is going to be? They'd obviously rather list, list it, put a tenant back in and collect a check every month than to go ahead and sell it in that cash flow end. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, you know, without even having to say I'm generalizing, is most, most property management companies, they don't make good, you know, agents. They don't make good listing agents. They're good at rentals and stuff. And they're not you know, they're not going to be as aggressive and, and do a services like you would. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then the other thing you said, uh, they caught my attention. I forget already. So you said old rentals. For sale by owners, expireds. They're always top of the list. Old expireds. So we've got a huge database of all the old expireds that we've loaded. Um, How far back do you go? I mean, shoot, we've probably got back to 2004, I'd say. Wait a minute. So you're going back 13 years and then you're cross references them, obviously, to make sure they haven't sold in 13 years. Exactly. And okay. So what's the script like if let's say I'm calling expired, it's like seven or eight years old. Just, hey, Pat, I know you had the house in the market back in 2010. I was just calling to see when you're looking to sell your house at 123 Main Street. Just like and that. Okay, that's that, yeah, that makes sense. And then what about what about these people that bought in 2012? First of all, how do you get a list of everyone that bought in 2012? Just go in MLS and pull January 1, 2012 through January or through December 31st, 2012 closed and that will just you can pull the entire list. And then what system do you use or do you have an assistant or so who takes that address list and turns it into phone numbers that sort of thing? So my cousin works for me and he's gotten pretty good at it. And he's gotten good at, he, he loads them into Vulcan 7 and they pull the numbers for it. Just like that. Okay. What other software are you using that's helping you be such a prospecting machine here? Um, we run all of our, our leads through um, Commission Inc. So that's our CRM. So we load buyer and seller leads into there. And that's, um, that's where all of our guys work out of. Wow, you, you live in Charleston and you're not a Boomtown guy, huh? We can't get Boomtown. They've got that locked down in Charleston. <laughs> he gives it to his brother, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I heard it's a good product, though, but Commission Inc. is great. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been eBooks, 
forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So you got that, and then you got circle prospecting, right? Give me the rundown on, on how you're circle prospecting. So we don't really circle prospect through neighborhoods. There's 40, I think we've got 42,000 seller leads in the, in the database. So, I mean, that's more than five people can work through. So those guys, they circle prospect, I, and I guess you call that circle prospecting. Where, where do you get 42,000 seller leads? All the expire, all the old expires, and all the old for sale by owners, and all the old, and then the 2012 people that bought in 2012, and all the old rental leads. There's about 40,000 of them in the database. So they've got more than enough leads to call that they don't necessarily have to call through neighborhoods. And then, you know, like what's a typical day look like for your ISAs? I'm going to ask you about your agents next, but first of all, for your ISAs, tell me how that works. So they come in and they'll, they'll hit the sale by owners and expires first, usually. Then they'll hit any leads that weren't contacted from the day before, and then they'll get into their follow-ups. Um, but my, most of my ISAs have about 100 follow-ups a day, the people that have been with me for over a year. Okay. 100 follow-ups a day. Just, and like, it, it, do they have minimum standards of a certain amount of people that they need to talk to? What's going on there? Yeah, so they need to make a minimum of 250 dials a day, and they need to have they need to have spoken to at least 40 people is the goal. Okay, and then Vulcan Seven shows that right. It'll show Marge spoke to 38 and Cynthia spoke to 12, right? Yeah, as long as they're on the um, dialer. I don't like from a single dial, basically pick the phone up and just hand dial them because then I can't track it as well and I can't see what they're doing. So I try to keep them on a dialer, whether it's on commissions, Inc. or on Vulcan. Okay. And, and how do they get paid? Um, they get paid 17.5% on the deal. Okay. That's it, right? So they're straight commission. 100% commission. I've tried the salary and I haven't done very well. I just haven't found the people that are as hungry when I put them on a salary. And then who's more powerful in the hierarchy of your company? Meaning, is it the agent's? Or is it the ISAs? I mean, do the ISAs then get to choose which agents they give the leads to so they ensure that they get paid, uh, you know, by giving it to the best agent for the lead? Or are the agents in charge of the ISAs and thereby telling the ISAs what to do and, and, and that sort of thing? The ISAs pick where the lead goes. So, so if they have a favorite agent, they could just funnel all their leads to that favorite agent. Yeah, in essence, they, they want to. Yeah, but they, yeah, the agents work their own deals too, so and they work their own leads. Like I said, they call a good bit. So, I mean, there's business for everybody. Yeah, no, that's great. Now, talk about the agents. How how do you work your agents? Okay, so I've got one listing agent that goes on anything. So I still go on quite a bit of listing appointments. I go on anything over, I'd say about three hundred thousand usually, unless it's a past client. 
And then we've got a guy that goes on anything that I can't go on if I've got conflicts in the schedule and anything under that that the ISA send them on. And then I've got a couple buyers agents that they work their own leads. They all get commissions Inc. buyer leads that come in through the internet and they, um, I mean, they work them pretty hard and then they take anything that the ISA set them up on. Wow. Okay. And, and how do you pay them? Uh, depends on how the deal is done. So they, they usually get the majority of their deals are 50, 50 cents on the dollar. And, so they, and yeah. So, so let's say that your ISA calls somebody of these 42,000 in the pool and they get 17 and a half. What does the agent get? Comes out of the agent side. So the agent will get 32 and a half. Yep. And then there's 50 left for the company. That's a good, pretty good model. And, and the only thing you're paying for really is the technology, the Vulcan 7 and the Commission Zinc. You're not paying, you're not taking a lot of risk there. You know what I mean? Which is great because that more profitable for your 50%. Very good. Yeah, we've had to work on that and make changes over time. Um, I know one of the questions you prompted in the, uh, in the email you sent me the other day was, what could I give as far as advice to a new agent? Yeah. Get your splits right before you start. Um, I started with paying people like 60% on some deals that were slam dunks and paying the listing agent to run out and get paperwork signed 50%. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people make that mistake. You know, they go out and think they're a general brokerage or something and they're going to pay their buyer agent 70% and keep 30%. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's just, it's just the juice is not worth the squeeze, you know? It doesn't make sense financially, especially when you've got four ad- admin staff to pay for and right. desk fees and, I mean, Remax fees. You know how it works. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's silly. Okay, cool. So talk to me about the listing appointment. Like, what, what is your listing appointment like? Is it a one-step listing? Is it two-step? How long does it take? That sort of thing. Uh, it's a one-step listing appointment 95% of the time. The goal is to get the, the listing while I'm in the living room takes me, I do the same thing every single time, no matter the price point, um, no matter where the house is, same listing presentation, same marketing pitch. takes me 45 minutes and I'm hopefully in and out of there, 45 minutes presentation, 15 minutes paperwork and out of the door within an hour. And, and, and what's, what's your presentation like? I basically break it down and I got coaching through NAEA. Yep. Jay Kinder, Mike Reese, and break it down into their seven laws and just go go right through it. What are the seven laws? Expertise, differentiate what we do to differentiate ourselves. How what do we do to market the home? How does our buyer lead system work? Those type things, and then we get try to get into price at the end. Okay, okay, all right, very good. And and so talk to me about a time where you got beat by a new agent, right? Or an agent that, that, that was smaller than you in some sort of way. And I'm just curious, like, or, or maybe a solo agent without a big team. Can you, can you recall a, an incident like that? <laughs> yeah, about two weeks ago. What happened? $60,000 commission. It was a $2 million property out on Isle Palms at the beach. It was a past client that referred me to them and I short-stepped it and didn't go through our entire process of pre-qualifying the listing before going out there and went out there and didn't do my full presentation, more just talked about price because I thought it was a slam dunk. They didn't sign paperwork with me when I was there, and three days later, it was popping up on MLS. So there you go. So don't go, if you skip, skip a step, it can cost you some, some change. 
And 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 so the agent was was a, a newer agent didn't sell as much, huh? She sold four homes this year. And so, what do you think she did? What do you, if looking back? And I know sometimes it's hard to tell, but what, what what do you think she did to beat you? And what we're trying to do is learn from this, right? So, like, if someone says, "I want to be," you know, David and David and Goliath, and I want to beat the big guy, which she did. She kicked your ass, right? Mm-hmm. What give us advice? Like, what do you think she did? How did she beat you? No, I just think I think she went over and actually sat down and spent the time with them. Um, built rapport probably more than I did and went through her through a full presentation and I just assumed that I was getting it and took the I guess half-assed approach and didn't get it yeah I don't I don't lose very often if I if I go through the whole process as a member of the rock star nation you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool An item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 Yeah, that's the thing. I think sometimes we also lose track, like you said, a thirty thousand, a sixty thousand dollar commission or whatever. You know, you lose track of. I, in my opinion, you don't. You know, you get a two million dollar listing. Yeah, those are the ones you want to do a two or three or four step on. Those are the ones you want to spend all your time in because, you know, if you give the same presentation, which you probably did, or less than you do a two fifty, it's just not logical, right? It's you know because then now you have to sell. And I know you already know this, but then, and now you have to sell 12 250s to equal one 2 million, right? Or, or whatever. I don't know if the numbers are right, but you know what I'm saying. So, so that's it, interesting. Well, thanks for being candid and sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's skipping one step in the prequel um, questionnaire when you call and set the appointment is, hey, are you planning on interviewing any other agents? If you don't ask that question, it can come back to bite you pretty quick. Yeah, and did you call and do the prequel? I did on that one, but usually our inside sales guys do, and they, they, they're trained where they have to do They would have asked. They would have asked. Yeah, yeah, they would have asked. So it's funny how sometimes, and, and I've been the same way, right? I think that, um, and I've had similar experiences when I was doing it, that I think we're afraid to do some things that the ISAs aren't afraid to do, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, like pre-qualify more. Like, are you interviewing other agents? I mean... Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Wow. Okay. So what, uh, what about phone apps? Do you use any phone applications that are new and exciting there for real estate agents or for business people? I mean, the Commissions Inc. app that we use that's linked to our CRM is phenomenal. That's about it that I use on, or we use Skyslope. Skyslope's great for... Tell me how that works. 
So that's just our closing software to where once we go into contract, it lets me know it's got the contact information of the client if I ever need to call them on a whim. Um, I can go in and see what our closing coordinator's done and where the closing is in the process. I can pull up any documents on it. It just saves you a lot of time. And, and how are you deciding which listing appointments you go on and which ones you give to your agents? Um, so I, I go on the majority of them right now. Anything over 300 and if it fits in my calendar, I'll go on. And what's your calendar like? It's pretty busy. I, I'm running, I'd say about five listing appointments a week. Okay, so one a day. About. I mean, some days I'll take three and then I won't have one on a day. Yeah. And, and what's your work schedule like? You, you work seven days a week pretty much? No, I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, really? No, I, I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I, get to, I get to the office every morning about 6.30. The entire team gets there at 7 for training. And then I'm usually out of here about 4.30, 5 o'clock. That's pretty good. That's yeah, a good no, night, no nights and weekends. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome, right? Because, I mean, I bet you get a, a lot done between 6.30 and 8.30, huh? Yeah, my morning from 4 to about 8 is the most productive. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What are you doing during that time? Uh, so I get up every morning at 4 and read from 4 to about 4.50, and then the gym's right down the street. Go to the gym from 5 to about 5.50, 6 o'clock, and then run home, get changed, get to the office about 6.30 to 6.40. Then we and, just that, and then what do you do? Then um, the rest of the team gets there. They have to be there by 7 or we cut their leads off. And wait, 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 wait. This is good stuff. So the rest of the team, who's on the rest of the team? Everybody? All, all the salespeople. So all the ISAs and the agents get there at seven. So 10 people, the ISAs and sales agents. And you, and you have office space at Remax that fits all these people, right? Yeah. So we've got one big call center. I mean, it's one big room that they all work out of. And they don't like fall on each other and, you know, over, uh, no. like, can you hear them in the background when they're calling and stuff like that or? You can, but they're all on wireless headphones like this. So, I mean, there's a couple of them in there that are just loud, and they get a good fish on the hook. They walk out to the hallway, and they talk in the hallway. I mean, it's, it, it works. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it works well. I mean, it's because it breeds activity. So, so what happens at 7 o'clock? This is good. Um, so, sales training, usually from 7 to about 7.30 to 7.45, and then they get their calls set up, and they hit the phones. Tell me about sales training. So we have it set up, I'll tell you, so Mondays we do statistics training, Tuesdays we do objections, Wednesdays we do technology training, so they're using Commissions Inc. and all the CRMs to the best of their ability. Um, Thursdays we hit buyer, buyer scripts and skills training, and then Fridays we do role play. <laughs> and you're coming up with all the content, right? Right. You'd be surprised at how much there is to train on. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, training never ends in real estate. And that's kind of the cool part about it, right? Is it's such an industry where you can just keep learning, learning, learning. Yeah. And then they, they hit the phones at 7.45, 8 o'clock. How long are they on the phones for? Till 11. Then they go to lunch. And then they come back at 12 and hit the phones again for, they get out here at 3. We're working at potentially changing their schedules up a little bit. So we've got people in there in the evenings as well. And then, yeah, I guess that would make sense because if everyone left at three and someone called in, but when do they do appointments? So the ISAs don't run any appointments. Okay, right. 
the agents, we try to keep all appointments. So we block out eight to nine thirty. So there's, there's no, we try not to set any appointments before nine thirty. That way the agents are in there every morning, at least getting in a good hour and a half of prospecting. And, and how do you keep, I know how you keep the ISAs accountable because it's all registered on Vulcan seven. It's, is that how you keep the agents accountable as well? Or how do you, how do you track all this stuff with the agents and you know, yeah, that's all trackable through. So the, the agents usually work out of commissions in. So that's all trackable. They're on the dialers. I can see how many dials they made that week, how many texts they sent out, how many emails they sent. So we, we stay on them about that. Okay. So everything's there. All right. So what, what is something that agents out there are doing currently, right? Uh, we'll go back to this analogy where you look at it and you don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, where you think it's a waste of time. I think real estate agents spend too much time on social media first, early and often. So like people that are new in the business, I think they, they spend way too much time trying to market through social media. When picking the phone up and getting belly to belly, you'll do more business from door knocking than you will from social media early on in your career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get sucked in. I mean, everybody gets sucked in, right? Exactly. It's, it's almost like you should do that at the end of the day. Right. And then it gets sucked in while you're in front of the television so that you're not like killing any real productive time, you know? It, exactly. Yeah. I, I just don't see social media as being real productive. I mean, I've got somebody else that does it, runs my social media for me now. And we get a good bit of business from it, but I just think it's a huge time suck. So, so um, tell me about cell phones versus landlines. Like, uh, are you finding uh, what percentage of the, the, the outgoing calls that you're doing are using, or you're tapping into people's cell phones? Probably 90%. 90% now, yeah. Yeah. And they're sending, are your people sending texts too? Yeah, text is killer. Text, text is really killer. My best ISA does, does really well from text. Like what does she send? Like what, why is she doing so well with text? Um, what we found is just, especially the younger generation is a lot more inclined to respond to a text and they answer a phone call with an unknown number. Yeah. I don't answer any call nowadays unless they're in my phone book. And I know other people that do the same thing. You know what I mean? Because all, all it does is get you frustrated. Like, can you give me some exact examples of people, someone listening in Tupelo, Mississippi is like, okay, I want to send out a test this week and send out 20 texts. What, would, what advice would you give them to send out? I'll tell you what I wouldn't send out is, hey, this is Caleb with Remax. I was calling to see how I could be of service because you're going to send 20 and get zero responses. I would send, <laughs> I would send out, hi, is this Pat? And that's all I'd send. And um, you're going to get about probably 18 out of 20 people respond to you then. And once you've got them hooked and they respond, they're a lot more inclined to carry a conversation with you. Right. So, hi, is this Pat? And I go, yeah, who's this? Yeah, this is Caleb Pierce from Remax. And then I'd get into basically the same script that I would do over the phone, depending on the type of lead. Huh. Yeah, and then you just be like, hey, uh, you know, this is how I got your number or this is why I'm calling you or whatever, but you're just texting it and then you're... Exactly, and you'd be blown away at just how many pe more people will respond the second time. So you've got to get them engaged. You've got to get them to respond to you first and then they usually don't ignore you. On the right. Next. Yeah, right. I mean, no, 100%. And, and I think that people underestimate how good texting can work now, right? I mean, it just, I think it could work. It's very possible. I bet that the response rates, 
are so much better at texting than they are phone calls, certainly emails, you know, really anything else. Yeah, it's, it's not as invasive and people are, especially buyers that are a couple months out or a year, two years out, they're a lot more inclined to respond to a, um, to a text message than they are to have a phone conversation with you. Yeah, it's easy to do, right? It's like, no, I'm good, Caleb, thanks, or, or, or whatever, you know, because they still have that anonymous shield. I mean, and, and so then what is the goal of the, the ISA at that point? Do they try to, you know, get them to come into the office? Do they try to uh, schedule a phone call? Like, at what point do they move it up the ladder? The goal is always to get the client in the office, buy or sell. I mean, we would love to have, we prefer in, in office appointments all day long on the buying or selling side. They're not as emotional on the selling side when you get them in the office. And on the buy side, it just, it really shortens the, um, the purchase process. If you can get them in, get them pre-approved, get buyer agency signed, get rid of all the houses that they don't want to look at before you start getting in the car and driving all over Charleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, listen, Caleb, let's, let's wrap this up with our flagship question. And that is this, if I put you on a TV reality show with about nine other agents, right? And I, and I uh, gave each of the nine agents a thousand dollars in a laptop computer. Oh, let's say, and a cell phone. And I gave you all 90 days on this Island. Now the cool part about this Island is a lot of, there's a lot of commerce, there's houses being sold, people are doing things, but all 10 of you know zero people. You're starting fresh, pretty much kind of how you started fresh when you, when you came to Charleston, you know, on spring break, and then you came back and you, you became an agent. So whoever sells the most houses in 90 days gets a million bucks. How are you going to win this show? Good question. I mean, I think that's where I'm most, most lethal is with the least amount of resources because I mean, that's how we build our whole business is just picking the phone up and, and getting after it, just cold calling from the start with a thousand bucks, I can buy a good data set, a good strong data set, and I can do a good bit of transactions with this. Just as what, like what data set would you buy specifically? Um, I would work solely expires and first sale by owners. Okay, so that the ROI is is the highest there. It seems like by far. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, and one of the things that you offered to, for us to put in the toolbox, we have a toolbox. Everyone that comes on the show gives a little gift and we put it in a toolbox for all the rock star listeners to listen to is a FISBO script. Is that right? Yeah. Let's tell me about this FISBO script. Um, it's really just, it's building rapport and it's, it doesn't matter what type of objections are thrown at you, which you'll see in the script. It's just asking the right questions to build rapport and then getting down to what's most important to them, which is always the money. And if I can show you a way to net you more money, when can we get together? That's awesome. So I'm going to put this on hybendigital.com backslash Caleb P. That's hybendigital.com backslash Caleb and the Caleb and the letter P, C-A-L-E-B and the letter P. And I'm also going to put it in the toolbox on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text toolbox to 444-999. Caleb, listen, uh, we definitely got to spend some time together. I mean, I go to downtown Charleston to the uh, core power yoga down there on King Street pretty much twice a week. Uh, we'll definitely uh, get together maybe and uh, break some bread in the future after I do some yoga. You tell me where to be and I'll meet, I'll meet you there. All right, brother. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Pat. Take care, buddy. 
Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.